I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Hello, world. Hello. World? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, I'm down here. <laughs> Oh, welcome back to our little slice of the true crime world. My name is Ashley, and as always, I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Alicia. She's touching me. She's stroking the poop again. (laughs) (laughs) And our producer, friend, honorary host, and fill-in father, (laughs) Golden (laughs) Jay. It's true. It's so, so true. So at this point in time, your tree may still be up, but the holidays have passed. Now we can all be seasonally depressed together until May. <laughs> right? Oh, not me, man. I'm just happy it's it's over. It's been over for a few weeks now. and <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> freaking just, oh. the tree is already down. Are you daydreaming? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although I'm good until the second week of January because this one will drop on the 6th, I believe. So technically my birthday is tomorrow. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. I know. Happy birthday. 31. And Alicia had her birthday on December 12th, 31 as well. So happy birthday to us. Happy birthmas. Happy birthmas. Where we've always only gotten one gift because we're too close to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What and our birthday get? parties always sucked. What'd you get from me for Birthmas? She got me a shirt that has a really cute goat on it, and it says, maybe today, Satan. To which I say, hell yes, today, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's purple. The ghost it's super purple. Cute. It's very cute. It is very cute. I've seen it. Yeah. It's very... Uh, what, did I, what did I get you? Ooh. Ashley got me, I really like Sailor Moon, and she found, ironically, sometimes she reads my mind, it's weird, but I've been wanting these um, Sailor Moon drinks, they come in like a can, and each of them have a different Sailor Scout with a different flavor, she fucking found them, and she got them, Mm -hmm. all of the Sailor Scouts. Did you drink them? I haven't drank them yet, they're in my fridge, I want to drink them. But I also want to keep them. I know. They weren't that expensive, so you can drink them and then buy them again. Mm. Did Roy drink? I got Roy, too, as well. Yeah, she did got he? Roy, uh, Vegeta, and Goku. Nice. He did not drink them. Oh, God, that thing smells so good. It just hit me right in the face. <laughs> That's mm. what she said. <laughs> oh, is there anything you guys want to talk about at the top? crickets the chiefs are playing right now so if i'm distracted yeah jeremy's gonna be absent for this episode because his game's on he's here but he's not here it's true and i'm watching the uh because it's not local so i can't watch it on any of my apps oh shit (laughs) so i'm watching the um, little football field that shows the ball oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh my I am just hungry. 
I'm so hungry. Yeah, me too. I think we should just order pizza melts and... No, I am making something delicious when I go home. I should also make something delicious. I need to stop eating out. I don't know what kind of cheese it is, but it's called grilling cheese. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make that with some couscous and some onions and peppers. I fucking love couscous. Me too. They're like Orbeez you can eat. (laughs) So fun. I love it. I mean, you could eat a regular Orbeez, but... You probably shouldn't. No, you vape Orbeez. What? I don't know. Orbeez just remind me of like a solidified vape hit. That's what I think of when I see an Orbeez. Yeah, because it's like glycerin, polyglycerin. I'm going to go back to the grilling thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is grilling cheese? Grilling cheese. So it's a firmer cheese. And what you do, like I cake seasonings onto the outside and then I get my oil nice and hot and you brown it on all sides and then you can you like put it on top of your couscous with all your veggies and then you eat it oh weird it's delicious oh it's I, I I've heard of it but I have never like researched it I thought yum, maybe yum, it yum, was yum, some yum. cheese that was designed to be better on the grill that's what I was thinking yeah well yeah you can is yeah, it, you can grill it. It doesn't melt. Like, the melting point's really high. That's what I was going to say. Is it But melting? it'll get nice and, you know, soft. 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 So, um, a year ago, for Christmas, Bobby got me one of those indoor smokeless grills. Oh, fun. It's a little tabletop thing. It's electric. It is one of the best gifts. Like hibachi? Like a hibachi grill type thing? Mm, I'm, I'm I'm so unfamiliar. It's just flat, right? Yeah, it's just a, it's a unit. It's only about you know yo yo big. It comes with a little grill plate you can put down. It's electric. It heats up and and it's got a little fan in there so it sucks up the smoke so it doesn't you know because that's the thing about grilling. You know you get a lot of smoke and and yeah, I can't fire. do it inside. Yeah, but these <laughs> you can do inside. One of the best gifts I ever had. So. Nice. Um, I did get all the kids ones for this past Christmas. Hey, cool! So now they all have one, and hopefully they can. They are enjoying them too. So Skyler likes to grill. So I know he loves to grill, and this also comes with a griddle plate that goes oh, into perfect. it too. So I can't wait to eat food off of it because we're next door neighbors, and he's always cooking food. <laughs> the downside is for Skyler and Jess, the bigger family. These are not really huge mm-hmm. units, so my you, mom was looking at them. They're fairly, they're fairly small. Yeah, if but, we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, me and Bobby have enjoyed it all year long. It really works well in the winter time when you can't go outside to grill. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you don't have it, to like pan fry freaking steaks. Oh yeah, I think that's my favorite thing that you do, Jeremy. Is this is I believe the second time that you've gotten something for Christmas, and then you liked it so much that you got everybody else the mm-hmm. same thing, like the massager. Didn't oh, yeah. you get yeah. one and then you bought one for all the kids? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, that was all. That was last year also. Last that's, Christmas, a year ago Christmas. You, like, yeah. you test things out and then distribute them to the family. Yeah. Sure I don't want to buy something You're for like somebody that. You're like the golden I, image of your family, the golden oh, image podcast for your family. Boom. I enjoy Jesus it Christ. so you can enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. I like the idea of. Um, you know, if I, like I said, if I do like it, why wouldn't I buy one for everybody? Mm-hmm. So they exactly. can. And I mean, you know them, you know if they're going to enjoy it or not. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think cool. uh, Gunner and Montana with their 
single situation is going to be it's going to be perfect for them all year long with sky and jessa hopefully they can enjoy it and and um use it for that but i can say this now since <laughs> it's after christmas <laughs> i know what you got for christmas <laughs> one of the many things god those kids are spoiled Hilarious. Mm. okay well um, I guess we'll move on to the question of the week. Ooh. So. I'm ready. Jeremy. Yes. Alicia. Ashley. Alicia. Jeremy. Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> okay. Rocky. <laughs> As a kid. What? You didn't get my joke. What'd you say? I said, Rocky. Should I get that? Rocky or a picture show when they all look at each other oh, and say yes, their names yes, for yes, like yes. two okay. minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Janet. Um, did you ever think as a child that you had some kind of superpower? Yes. You want to elaborate more on that? I or? thought I could control the weather. Did you really? I absolutely did. At what age? Small. <laughs> like six, seven. What? I used to, I played outside a lot as a kid. Like I was an you, outside kid. What instances made you think that you, Alicia, could control the weather of the world? I don't know. I would no, just my area. Oh, okay, okay. Local weather. Yeah, local <laughs> local weather only. Gotcha. I, I don't know. I would. Uh, I think I would look at the sky and be like, "Wow, it looks like it's going to rain," and then and it then would start it would raining. Rain. <laughs> Real fucking Einstein over Listen, here. Listen, I didn't say I was an intelligent kid. I said I could you just were, control the you weather. Were a super smart kid. That's really funny. That's that's almost as bad as mine. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. Mine's not exactly a superpower, but you have one. I don't really. I think uh, when I was young, I thought I could. Uh, I thought that, um, like, uh, real quick, my my dad's van got stolen from our property what yeah it was you know it was a big thing i got an article around there somewhere when they busted it it was a big thieving ring that it was they stole his van that was parking out there and i was like i always thought that the clues were in the clouds for where they were <laughs> is that, that an arrow pointing yeah, me in that direction read the clouds i, can, I, I don't you know that, that was, alicia was controlling yeah, yeah no shit <laughs> So I don't You're really welcome. know that I thought I had superpowers. You know, I, more, I always thought I had the force. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys could see Still it Still right ain't now. got it figured out, but I'm sure I have force powers. I bet around, like, uh, like uh, doors that open on their own. I bet you could control those. I do. So uh, if you listen to the Indiana Chiefs fans podcast, at the end of the podcast, we do a to-do list, a to-do list for our listeners to go do something. Mm -hmm. So one of my to-do lists for our listeners was to use the force at every automatic door you come to. (laughs) Just stand there like you're a tool and wave the door open. (laughs) Yes. That was very, uh, who's that, Obi-Wan? Not Obi-Wan. Is it Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan, yeah. yeah. Obi-Wan. Just... And you call yourself a Star Wars fan. Yeah, we went over this in a couple episodes ago. Yeah. These are not <laughs> the droids you're looking for. Okay. So for me, I always remember, I've got two separate ones. I always remember watching Matilda mm-hmm. and just thinking like, 
that that could be me. I could I could develop that. I could be that special kid. And I think movies are designed like that to make the protagonist, the movie relatable so much so that we like identify with them. Yeah. Um but that was fleeting. The other one was always the like civilian princess movies i always thought one day someone would come out of the woodwork and be like oh my gosh you were adopted as a baby because of a royal (laughs) scandal it was dangerous you needed protection but it's all over now so you can come back and live at the palace with us (laughs) you were a girl in a village doing all right then you became a princess overnight yeah trying to figure out how to do it right so much to learn and see Sophia the First, no one? Mm-mm. Oh my God. What is that? It's from the Disney Channel. <laughs> oh, like like a kid's she show? She was a princess doing all right. Or she was in she, a village. Yeah, she yeah. was in a village doing all right. And then she became a, a princess overnight. And she's just trying to figure out how to do it right. There's just, there's so much to learn and see. <laughs> <laughs> For a young princess. Oh, Fair, okay. fair enough. All right. So yeah. Those I, are mine. I think uh, I think we all watched Matilda thinking, hmm. Mm. We all again, looked at our cereal boxes <laughs> like that the next morning after watching that movie. Once again, <laughs> it goes back to the force. That. It's back to the force. Doing that hand you motion. Or bending a spoon. Remember? Do you ever? Mm-hmm. Did you ever do that where you just sit and stare at the spoon and be like, "They told me I could do it." I can turn up into rubber (laughs) into a rubber what kind of podcast is this (laughs) oh lord oh okay again i'm a 12 year old boy Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep Yep, that's enough fun for the two of you uh this week we are going to be talking about a young child so just giving you a warning now if you don't want to hear about this story we get it we'll see you next week um for those of you who are going to stick around we are going to talk about the kidnapping and murder of linda weldy a 10 year old girl from lapore indiana um this case was chosen research and predominantly written by my girl angela so thanks Ange. um and if you haven't listened to last week's i would go back Honestly, if you want to do some real prep work, go back and listen to the Brandy Peltz episode. I don't know what number that is. I'll tell you. Give me, give me. So yeah, the Brandy Peltz episode, and then last week's episode, which would be fifty-three, because we touch on um, this case a little bit in those episodes, and episode fourteen is Brandy Peltz. Brandy Peltz is fourteen. So, yeah, go back and listen to those um, if you so choose, because our girl Alicia over here has a conspiracy theory that they are all connected. So, which is definitely holds some weight. It's a viable theory. It's a lot of water. It's holding. She kind of likes that beer vat. The London beer vat? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was beer that it held. Yes. If in case you didn't get that, beer <laughs> uh. vat didn't give that away. <laughs> okay, so the sources for this episode are an article for ABC Fifty Seven News called "Looking for Linda's Killer," 
um, a cold case files, the kidnapping and murder of 10-year-old Linda Weldy for WSBT 22, um, podcast one, episode Linda Weldy, the brutal murder of Linda Weldy by Jen Baxter, and an article for 13 WHR called These Cases, These... <laughs> These Indiana cases have potential ties to Larry Hall. It's very straight and to the point. Heck yeah, it is. (laughs) All right. Linda Weldy was a 10-year-old girl living in LaPorte, Indiana. She loved doing everything that a kid in the 80s loved to do. She loved being outside, um, particularly riding her bike. And she had an altogether love for animals. She also loved the show Mork and Mindy. Have you watched that, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. I used to watch Mark and Mindy all the time. Right. He's Robin Williams. Ashley, of course. <laughs> hey, s- s- Robin Williams, real quick, want to throw this out there to the call guys. If you guys are listening, Colton, <laughs> Robin Williams did a sh- movie called The World According to Garp, one of his best movies that nobody I've ever- I've seen that. Nobody ever talks about. And when they talk about Robin Williams- that movie never comes up. So, anyway. Really? Continue. Yeah, I have Robin Williams, one of the true greats. True. So, Linda loved this show so much that she would repeatedly quote a lot of the show's catchphrases. Nanu, nanu. Yeah, <laughs> Morg's greeting was nanu, nanu. And he also said Shazbot. Shazbot. Yeah, which is an Orkin, <laughs> something from the Orkin language. Um, he also had a special hand gesture. Do you know the hand gesture? Yeah, it was the same thing as... as oh, okay. As, it was the same thing as Spock did. It was that whole, you know... I didn't look it up. Thing. I was like, I'm going to see if Jeremy knows what it is. Okay. Yeah, nanu, nanu. Nanu, nanu. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I hope I'm right, because that's what I remember. It was the same as the Well, Spock. no one can see you, so if you're yeah, wrong, I won't tell anybody. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> No, he went up for the double. Yes. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> That's the beep. The handsome boys. <laughs> There's some video that needs to go out on TikTok. <laughs> um, Linda was quite responsible for her age. Um, she was allowed to walk to the bus stop at the end of um, her driveway or lane every morning for school. The school was very close by, only about two miles from her home, but it would still take about 30 minutes for her to get dropped off on either trip, so to get to school or to get home. So she generally got off the bus at home around 3.30 every school day. Tuesday, February 24th, 1987, started off like any other day would for Linda. She got up, she got dressed, and she got ready for school. She would then head down her long lane where she was supposed to get picked up by the bus. She proceeded to get on the bus and go go to school. Still normal. Everything's peachy king. On the bus ride home. Are you making fun of me for saying peachy king? Yes. <laughs> peachy king. Oh, keen. Sorry. <laughs> Jeremy and I both looked at each other like, what the fuck? Fuck off. <laughs> you know what I always say, King, every time I say that? For real? Which I don't ever say it. I don't know why that's where my brain went. <laughs> I quit. I'm walking out. 
Bye. <laughs> On the bus ride home from school, Linda and her best friends sat next to each other most days, if not all. They laughed and chatted about wanting to hang out and begged the school bus driver to let Linda get off the bus with her friend. I used to do this with Odie like every single day because she rode the late bus mm-hmm. and I would miss my bus on purpose or well miss my bus but I actually did it on purpose that would make more sense if people can see us she's air using air quotes yeah sorry <laughs> <sighs> but I did that so I could go home with her I never realized what a shitty insanely inconvenient and scary thing that was for my poor grandmother oh yeah for sure so shitty it's kind of a shitty kid you are not Respecting me. You are not respecting me. Anyway. That's a quote from Sue. Yep. Rest her soul. Linda had better reasons for wanting to go to her friend's house after school. See, her friends said that they did not like to hang out at Linda's house because her stepdad, as they would call him even though they weren't married at the time, was mean. The bus driver refused because it's against school policy. See, Mm -hmm. there were some rules in the 80s. Just a few. That was one of them. Um, Which this disappointed both the girls. So (laughs) Linda's friend got off the bus just one stop before Linda stopped. So when her friend got off the bus, she stuck her head out the window shouting one of Mark and Mindy's catchphrases, you wiener. (laughs) Do you remember that one? I do not remember that one. Mm. Um, Her friend quickly replied the same. Uh... And a short time after, the bus arrived at Linda's Lane. When she got off the bus, she stopped to check the mailbox and then turned to walk up her 200-250 yard driveway. At that point, the bus driver closed the doors and drove away. Linda's 12-year-old brother, William, was home about 30 minutes before she was expected to arrive. He came home to see his mother's boyfriend, Robert, installing... A radio antenna. He was not surprised to see Robert as he lived with the family at the time. And Robert stayed, or sorry, William stayed outside with Robert just to wait for Linda and more particularly because it was entertaining to watch Robert work. <laughs> like he's watching him do this installation. And I'm not sure if it was like entertaining, like amusing or entertaining, like he was interested in it. Okay. <laughs> Um, they could not see where Linda was supposed to get off because their lane was kind of curvy and it was lined with trees, although they knew when she was supposed to get home. So when 3.30 came and passed, they started to worry, but dismissed that worry on the presumption that she must have gone to her friend's house. Usually she would ask for permission, but they were thinking that maybe she had asked her mom and they just weren't aware of the agreement. Linda's mother, Karen, did not have a phone at the time, so there was no way to call her and make sure. Although her friend's house was close by, and had it been truly concerning in at least Robert's eyes, perhaps he could have driven over there to confirm his suspicions, Mm -hmm. question mark. Karen had just started a new job in Walkerton, Indiana. This was a second shift job, so Karen was gone by the time Linda was supposed to get home from school. And on this day, she got off at 11 p.m. Um, she called Robert from her truck with her CB radio to let him know that she was on her way home and Jeremy's to laughing. ask him if he wanted her to pick anything up on her way. 
Because, oh, man, we had CBs in our cars back in the day when we were youngsters. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Robert asked if she had given Linda permission to stay at a friend's house for the night, and she said she absolutely did not. Linda had very... Linda had very rarely gone to a friend's house without permission, but even when she did, mm, yes, she even died. when she no, she doesn't. <laughs> but even when she did, she always made sure to call home to let them know where she was at. Only then, Robert and William drove down the road to the trailer park where her friends lived to check and see if she was there. Well, surprise, surprise, no one had seen or heard from her. After um, she had been dropped off, she was nowhere to be found. And this is where one could surmise the confusion and dread and anxiety began to set in. Mm -hmm. So Karen immediately went to the police station to file a missing persons report. And just a few hours later, the media was notified as well. News about the kidnapping spread like wildfire. Everyone in town was looking for any evidence to help with the case. There were many volunteers to help search the street and put up flyers of a picture of Linda and what she was wearing that day, all of which um, had been provided free of charge by the print shop. Nice. Yeah, the local print shop. Um, The local Domino's Pizza even put out a picture and info on all the pizza boxes that were delivered to their customers. The whole community was coming together to help in any way they could including the local phone company who donated a phone to make <clears throat> excuse me to make it easier for people to call and give police tips and for the police to get in contact with the parents since they would be calling frequently to have Karen and Robert come down and give statements over and over and over again like they were desperate they had no they had nothing yeah hats off to that community nice nicely yeah. done Laporte. yeah um, the cops did get a lot of tips, but there was just nothing that led to Linda's whereabouts. Investigators went out and began collecting statements from anyone that was in contact with Linda that day or who might have seen her get off of the school bus. There was an auto body shop that was across the street where they questioned the workers. Um, the workers said that, yes, they had seen her get off the bus and then go to the mailbox for a daily mail but they couldn't be sure if they saw her go up the driveway. See, seeing Linda get off the bus was a daily normal occurrence for them, so they didn't take much notice Mm -hmm. to it that specific day. Detectives went over the route she would have taken to get up to the house, um, like the of her driveway, and um, did not find anything to help them. There was no evidence that suggested there was a struggle. They didn't find any, you know, anything of hers. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and even if they did, I mean, she lives there and she walks that driveway every single day. Yeah. It could have been a pen, like if there was a pencil. Yeah, like, but who it would be knows like her shoes or a coat or right, a backpack right, right. or something. Two days after Linda went missing, the police conducted a roadblock on McClung Road. I believe that to be the road they live on, stopping every single person who came through, hoping one of the regular passersby might have noticed anything that was maybe off that day. They asked the drivers if they had seen anything um, out of the ordinary happen that Tuesday afternoon, but nobody had any useful information. And over the next week, police interviewed almost the entire town. They knew this street was very busy and that it would be hard for someone to abduct a child, especially in the afternoon, broad daylight, 
everybody's getting out of school. Everybody's getting off work. Parents are waiting outside for their kids, mm-hmm. like on the bus. It just doesn't seem possible. They were astonished that they couldn't find a single witness or a single shred of evidence. Day after day, they went over to the Weldy's home and retraced their steps, hoping and praying to find something. They knew that with every day that passed, hope of finding Linda alive was dwindling. The police knew that Karen was divorced from Linda's father. So obviously they're going to look into him um, that there maybe it was a possibility there was some sort of custody issue or, you know, they were disgruntled. But Karen was positive that it was not them or him, not them. He's just one guy, male identifying. Sorry. Um, They had split up a long time ago and he didn't live in the area. Linda did not have a relationship with him. And Robert states that or stated that Linda's father probably wouldn't even recognize her at this point. It had been so long. They said she would have considered him a stranger, which means she would not have gone with him willingly yeah so these arguments uh posed by the couple uh caused the police to just rule him out as a suspect the police said it would take only 90 seconds for her to get up the drive uh where her brother and stepfather would actually be able to see her I mean, they were right there, only 200 yards away and seconds from being able to see her. How could someone have gotten her that quickly and quietly? Even a neighbor said she walked by the house to pick her daughter up from the bus stop and didn't see Linda at all. Everyone was feeling frustrated with the lack of clues um, about what happened to this young girl. The only thing they knew is that Linda would have never gotten in a car with a stranger. She would have screamed, which would have alerted her brother, her stepfather, neighbors, and the men working across the street at the auto body shop. So this kidnapper just had to be somebody that she knew or and or someone that she trusted. On March 17th, after three weeks of searching, a farmer called about a girl's body along some abandoned railroad track tracks near Kingsbury, which is about 15 minutes from Linda's home. This was a place only known to locals. Mm-hmm. They called it Lover's Lane because it is where teenagers would come to drink, smoke, make out, do whatever they wanted to do <clears throat> without parental supervision. It's not a place that can be seen from any road. So the police were like, this has to be someone who knew about this place, it has to be a local. It's, this is not a place you're just going to stumble upon. You would have to know it was there to get there. Linda's body was fully clothed and she was wearing the clothes that she was wearing the day the day she went missing. Police went to the Weldy home to notify them and have them identify Linda's body. Karen told ABC 57 that she could not bear to go alone, so she had called her mother to come down with her. Karen still wanted to believe that Linda was somewhere out there and that she was okay, stating, I still held on to that hope. No, no, it can't be her. It's got to be somewhere, someone else. And then she added, but then I saw her. Who could do this to a child and live with themselves? I don't understand people. I don't understand how anybody can hurt another person. So these were the thoughts that were going through her head as she's looking at her 10-year-old daughter Ugh. lying on this table. Yeah. So, okay. Small trigger warning. I'm going to talk about... Um, 
some hard, kind of hard to hear details. It was very likely that Linda had been killed the night she disappeared. The autopsy was not released right away due to the fact that Linda had been dead for several weeks. So they wanted to be definitive when releasing the final cause of death. When the results were released, they stated that Linda had been beaten and ultimately strangled when she tried to run away. She said, or she had been beaten while, okay, this is going to get a little graphic. She had been beaten while face down. There was dirt dug into her nails and grasps, grass still in her fists. Mm. This meant that she had not been killed until they got to that patch of land, mm -hmm. like Lover's Lane. They were not able to determine whether she was sexually assaulted due to the amount of time that had already passed. Um, and by finding her fully clothed, they kind of presume that she hadn't been sexually assaulted, although it can't be completely ruled out because it wouldn't be like the first time a, a murderer would like redress their victim. Yeah. So obviously police started grilling Robert, the stepdad, and actually his brother as well. His name is Mark. Mark had come by earlier that day to work on his girlfriend's car and then left for work before um, even before William got home. They suspected Robert because they questioned the fact that when Linda didn't get off the bus, he didn't seem too concerned and didn't take any sort of simple action like checking where Linda went or why she wasn't home. But Robert had an alibi. William, Linda's 12-year-old brother, was with him working on that radio antenna right there in the front yard. Mm -hmm. Mark had... Uh, Mark, Robert's brother, had evidence of him being at work and had very little time to have kidnapped and murdered the child. They were both being cooperative and claimed their innocence, but that didn't keep investigators from believing that either one or both could have possibly been involved with Linda's murder. When they studied Linda's coat, they found fibers um, from the oil that matched the ones from Mark's girlfriend's car. Mark said the fire, the fibers probably transferred a few days before when he stopped over with the car. Fibers can transfer directly or indirectly, secondary transfers. So she wouldn't have had to be in direct contact with this car. She could have gotten them on her coat from Robert or even William being near the car. Or like a hug, like she gave him a hug. Right, it just doesn't, it's just not the most reliable type of evidence. But you said they lived across the street from a... Auto body shop. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Suspicious. Why? <laughs> How did they know it came from that girl's that car? car? Yeah, because it probably wouldn't be... Specific to it. There's let's no, us to the let's to the tough. I know, but it could be like various cars that take the same oil or right. whatever else. Because uh, what about somebody that worked across the street at the auto body sh repair shop? Oh yeah, well, and that's that's on my mind too. Is that auto shop maybe being? Yeah, because how there. easy would it be for her to get off the bus, check the mail? Somebody be like, like hey. hey, hey, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that would be something that she's familiar with because right. she lives right there. Mm -hmm. She sees them every day. These are my neighbors. Yep. 
So police still requested DNA from Robert because they were watching him. They were not not completely sold on his innocence. He agreed. Um, Karen does not think that Robert had anything to do with the murder of her daughter. Uh, William was with him the whole time, like we said before. He was 12. He would be able to speak for himself. And even now, years later, with William growing up, if Robert had left at any point, William would have said something by now. Right, right. Karen told reporters that Robert was more of a father than Linda's biological father had ever been. She knew that he loved Linda very much and would never do anything to harm her. Karen and Robert got married a year later on Linda's birthday as a way Mm. to honor Linda and include her in the ceremony even after death. That's sad. Karen says she absolutely would never have married him if she had the slightest suspicion of him being a part of her death. Mm Mm-hmm. Mark, the brother, also voluntarily submitted DNA and even agreed to take a polygraph test in which he denied having anything to do with her disappearance. Um, it doesn't mention anything about the results. There was well, the results of the lie detector test, but also what they're collect. I mean, they're just collecting DNA, which is smart, like ref- um, like a reflex, you know, just get mm-hmm. DNA. I don't know that they have anything to test it against. So the next theory or suspect is a group known as the Sinners. The Sinners are a biker gang in the area in which Robert had pledged to join. When he began to hang around them, he didn't really care much for the things they were doing and decided it just wasn't for him. Robert tells police that he suspects the gang to be involved with the murder of Linda. He knew that one of the members named Eskimo was very upset that he backed out. Robert believed Eskimo killed Linda as a way to get back at him for not joining the game. Seems like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. But he did tell ABC News that he overheard Eskimo brag about kidnapping and killing Linda. Police find this unlikely due to the fact that the gang was vocally against any kind of harming to children at all yeah most biker gangs are right and there was no evidence to suggest that any of them were connected at all um after interviewing members associated with the gang and hearing their alibis they proved to supply no sufficient evidence or involvement with the case but honestly there was just no evidence at all it was rumored that after robert's statement came out the group drowned estimo in a nearby estimo (laughs) Eskimo in a nearby lake for breaking the code of violence against children. Mm. This was found to be untrue as when they found him by his true name, which I omitted, uh, the obituary states that he lived until 1995 and passed away from a heart attack. Hmm. The parents also believe Larry Hall could be tied to this case. Larry Hall was a suspected serial killer. And that's, did you mention a guy named Larry Hall? Okay, I Mm -hmm. thought so. Um, cause yeah, he was suspected of killing or committing multiple murders, but he would never actually be convicted. Um, in high school, he was connected to a string of thefts, arson, petty crimes, all kinds of stuff. He was later arrested for the kidnapping and murder of 15 year old Jessica Roach. About a year later, two girls reported a van was stalking them, and they traced the license plate number back to Hall. They went to his home to interview him, and then that's when they got the uh, confession 
to kidnapping and raping Roach. He went to jail and immediately recanted his statement the next day. Hall has never been convicted of murder, even after multiple confessions of multiple murders, including Linda Weldy. Police cannot determine the validity of these confessions. Detectives have looked at the possibility of a connection between Hall and Weldy, but have determined he had nothing to do with this. It seems to police, if there are any unsolved murders in the area, Hall would jump to take credit for them. Which false confessions intrigue me. Like, they just want attention. But it's like, if you're going to false confess to murder, I feel like you've murdered before. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you want that grandiose, you want, like, that recognition. I've murdered more than you. (laughs) I just feel like you're not going to say something as bold as I killed somebody if, if in fact. You didn't kill somebody. Right. That's a big jump. Without, without like, coercing, like a, you know, coerced confession or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, although the police did not think they were connected, it did not stop Karen and Robert from believing that Hall killed their daughter. For 32 years, police have resubmitted evidence, uh, mostly DNA samples. As technology gets more advanced, you know, they figure they have a better shot of finding the killer. Linda's mother, Karen, however, said that she was very skeptical of them ever finding Linda's killer, explaining that the police have told her over and over, quote, I think we've got him. And then it turns out to be the wrong guy or insufficient evidence or whatever. Detective Sergeant Pat Cicero has been working on this case since 2004. He says he has a picture of Linda at his desk and he tells reporters, quote, This is probably the third generation of detectives that have utilized the information obtained back in 1987 and continued to look at it. As of the article in 2019, they were revisiting the case once again, but this time Cicero thinks they have a stronger lead or stronger leads. For 32 years, they've continued to have Robert and Mark as main suspects, But now they have a third person that they're not naming. ABC 57 reporter asked, do you think you know who did this? And Cicero responded, yes. So you might be wondering, when will they get to the part where they catch the murderer? Well, the problem is that even after well over 30 years, it seems they're no closer in the investigation than they were when they found her body. But we know how... The Indiana police like to work very tight lipped. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever did this left no trace, which is pretty terrifying for the family and those around them. Like the killer is just still out there. They might be the very loved ones that Linda's family is leaning on during these hard times. Oh, yeah. Linda would be 45 if she were still alive. Wow. Today. Yes. That was a fast one. That's it. I really... It It makes no sense to me how there's so many unsolved murders within Indiana, within the same close radius, and all the same things. Like, same... There's so many similarities. Right, right. I want to know how the bus driver didn't see a car. Like, behind them? 
Yes. That's in my Because, yeah, she got off the bus, went to get the mail, and then she started walking away. The bus driver says that's when he drove away. Someone had to have snatched her, unless they were hiding in the... There was a tree line. Right, but I don't know that it was woods. I think it was just a tree line. I mean, the houses are spaced, you know, kind of far apart, but I don't know that it was actual woods. I think they would be on someone's property. Do you have? Uh, are you going to have pictures in the uh, socials yeah. of the of the driveway? Um, I will do my darndest. Okay, I just was curious because then we can get an idea. Uh, <clears throat> that thought process was mine too. Wait, the bus driver. Um, Unless they turned immediately after. Was Linda the last drop off for that route? Um, you know that would make sense because when I rode the bus, it took us about forty minutes to get home. And to get to school, and I think we were the second to last stop. Right on. So she's probably pretty darn close to the end. Do you have the address? No. I wonder if we can find the address and... And look at the... Because I'm wondering, because when I lived in a house once upon a time... I was going to say, she doesn't anymore. um, (laughs) It's a a nice cardboard box. (laughs) It's got a skylight. When when we lived in... (laughs) Pleep that out. God bless it. When we lived there, my house was set far back, mm-hmm. and the bus driver would go and immediately take a left. So, like, it was immediate. They would go down a hill, left. So Yeah, I guess it just depends. I mean, she might have lived on a sharp turn. She might have... I mean, there's so many possibilities. It just just doesn't seem plausible to me that that bus driver didn't overlap in some way shape or form with the yeah oh my god if she was the last stop is that where you're was that where you were going with that the fucking bus driver yeah i didn't even think about that that didn't even cross my mind huh. interesting it's just another thought i mean right because um, we don't know the bus driver tells you that she got off the bus and checked the mail Right. Um, but nobody ever in your story, nobody ever revisited the bus driver and asked that question. You just asked. Right. You didn't see somebody there. You have an auto auto uh, um, place next door that's working on cars and they didn't and see anything. they didn't see anything. But nobody said that they saw her got off the get off the bus and walk. The- nobody saw anything. The auto body guys said they did see her go to her mailbox, but that's not to say the bus driver didn't say, hey, wait, wait, you forgot something Uh, or whatever. Yeah, that's true, too, but I mean, okay, so they did see her go to her mailbox, so they did see her get off. Outside of the bus, yes. And then you bring up the woods thing. That was my next, that was my next thing is Mm -hmm. like, if everybody saw her get off the bus and start walking up there, then why wouldn't somebody snatch her from the tree line? Right. And I mean chloroform there's so many ways you can make it make it so she doesn't scream the chloroform thing i read an article the other day that chloroform actually takes several minutes to actually work (gasps) so So, the movies i thought it was instant no it's not instant it actually (laughs) takes yeah it actually takes a um a little i can't remember exactly what the time was so yeah, when you see somebody get chloroformed in the in the in the movies or tv Mm -hmm. it's not instantaneous like that hmm um, so, I mean, it's chloroform still does what they say it does. It just takes longer. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's possibilities there, but once again, when they found her body was the mail with her that she picked out of the mailbox was her backpack with her was, 
You said she was fully dressed. So, right, I mean, right. So, where, like, where's all of her? Yeah. Interesting. My train of thought goes to, I just want to go to the police station and say, give me two days with your stuff just so I can look it over and ponder yeah. what you have found so I can take these unanswered questions and throw them out and then... But, you know, we all think we can solve every case. Oh, yeah. You know, these are professionals that right, deal with right. this. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I just feel like there has to be... You're, okay, to, to commit a murder, leave the body behind or even hide it, you have to either be extremely intelligent or really fucking lucky. Right? If you mean, oh, to not, like, get rid of the to body? To get caught. And to keep it local, too. Mm-hmm. What I say, like six miles? She was six miles from her house? Mm-hmm. If your theory holds up and all of these are connected by some way, this guy's extremely intelligent. Oh, Larry sure. Hall? Do you think it's Larry Hall? I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like your bus driver theory, Jeremy. Like the light bulb went off in my head. And once again, it's just a thought. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But well, no, because like, like I said, we don't even know if she was the last stop. That's right. just if she was, that's a plausible theory. Yeah, because once again, in the story, there was no return to anybody else who was on the bus to say, right. well, you know, we watched her walk or... up or we, we saw this fucking van back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's none. I mean, once again, if I had the files in front of me to see if they did question the bus driver and did question anybody who might have been still on the bus, the auto body guys, did mm-hmm. they question them? Did they question the neighbors? Did they? This is the bad thing about the way we research, you know, there's so many questions. Mm-hmm. Well, and we especially unsolved to. cases because, yes. for one, they keep facts close to, you know, yeah. under wraps and it's not solved because there's no freaking evidence because there are questions that are unanswered, yep. unfortunately. Do you ever wonder, we're 54 episodes in, do you ever wonder that did somebody who knows about this crime ever listen to I think about that constantly. listen to the podcast and go well they got that Fuck. point right yeah i think about that all the time i think about that a lot definitely something to, to ponder mhm <sighs> yep good job good job thanks do you want to add anything linking i know we just talked about um, talked about it last week and I did tell him to go listen so I'm looking at the address oh okay she's in research mode mm-hmm. right here in the middle of the podcast she sure is I don't she's know if you guys can, around on Google Maps I, I don't right know now. if you guys can hear that sound but the hamster on the wheel in there is just making a squeaky noise <laughs> <laughs> so this must be the auto body shop Okay. It's all run down. Right. But where's the house? Yeah. You say you can't see it from the road. Oh, it might be. Maybe it's farther down there. Well, wait, there's a mail. Oh, that's probably the mailbox for this business. I believe. But I'm thinking because that's 186. Unless the house is no longer there. Well, that, I mean, are you sure that's not a driveway? That's not a driveway. That is a road. Hmm. 
181. It would have been right here. Yeah, you know what? Oh, maybe the house is gone now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, because they said their driveway was 250 yards long. So, Well, unless it was like a gravel driveway. This was 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm just saying all those trees are too big for there to be have a driveway that went through them. Trees grow pretty fast. I don't know. Maybe I can find some pictures. I'll look at old uh, newspaper articles, see if I can't find some pictures of the actual house. Right on. Like when it was there. Like if 2007. It... See, look how much has changed just from 2007. I bet there was a house there and the driveway went back through there. Yeah. Maybe right along that tree line. Yeah. Look at that. Could be. Because there's the auto body shop. See, and like when I was reading it, I was picturing the auto body shop like right across the street. It's it being adjacent actually makes more sense because if it was right across the street, they probably they wouldn't see right her there. get off the bus. Right. Right. Yeah. But that looks like I mean, what you're looking at is 2007. Yes. That's still a lot of woods. Mm hmm. I bet there and was did a the house police there. search those woods back there? That wooded area. I'm sure they did day one, day you I know. Would, the I would first think they initial did. days, yeah. Because uh, they did. They went back to the property constantly, right? To go back through it. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we'll try and post some um, uh, good pictures for you guys to look at. See what you guys think about the property and. Where the house might have been, and I'll try. I'll if I can find a good picture of the house, I'll post the current view of Google Maps of that area. Yeah, do you want about Google like Earth? Side side. Did you look at Google Earth, or are you just looking at road? She was on Google Earth. That was Google Earth. Which one's the one from the satellite looking down? Oh, satellite view. Satellite view. There you go. You might be able to see a little bit better from the satellite to where everything's at. As we continue to research this See, case. Yeah, sorry. I can't get the. <laughs> so the Remax entry for 181 West McClung Road, which is where she went missing from in Laporte, it's 5.29 acres built in 1989. Okay. Mm, that, well, doesn't, that math doesn't add up. 87. Well, it, the math ain't mathin'. The math ain't mathin', but they're not always right on, like, Remax and Zillow. A lot of their stuff is, like, their information doesn't have to be 100% accurate. The construction is metal. There's a detached garage. But there's no house there. Let's see at this one. <laughs> I'm too invested. <laughs> She's in. See, the address is coming up as the... Uh, the auto body shop hmm. and that's on the missing persons flyer strange glass seen in her in front of her home 181 west mcclung road but the auto body shop is 181 yeah west McClung unless road. the house was torn down and they rebuilt across the street yeah but the numbers still say on the same it's still like odds and evens isn't it they wouldn't throw did you hear what i said no, what? Unless they tore the house down, 
and rebuilt in 1989. The auto body shop rebuilt across the street. Oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, they're not going to like throw the number to the other side of the road. No. (laughs) That's what I thought you meant. No. Well, no. MapQuest is saying that it's a VFW post. We'll never know. We're One never going to figure BFW it out. BFW post 1130-181 West McClung Road. I don't know. Who knows? I'm not a topographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Alicia's going home mapologist. to dig into this even more. She's Probably. got a theory about all of this. Honestly, I want to dig into it a little bit too because I want to see if I can't find anything on the bus driver and the students that were on the bus and see what the stop it was. dropped yeah. off. Yeah. I dare you to call the LaPorte County Police Officers. I'll fucking call them right now on air. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll call them. I don't care. I'll call them tomorrow. Okay. So that's that sad case that now Alicia has pulled us into her conspiracy theories I'm about you. I love Northern Indiana's serial killer from 1984 to 1987. They're all connected. That is such a short period. Or is it 84 to 89? Either way. 84 to 89. Yeah. Such a short time frame. Five years. And then done. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see that overlap with um, just certain things like a business, businesses opening and closing or, you know, or something being built from bringing in workers from out of state. 89 onward. Were there any other areas where girls with similarities were murdered right like somewhere else and yeah different state yeah oh god or up in michigan or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this is a rabbit hole yeah Mm -hmm. it for sure is all unsolved cases are they're the worst you won't be able to sleep i I already can't sleep so (laughs) i pee a lot (laughs) (laughs) Not in his bed, we found out. Yes, not in the bed. Yeah, he goes to the toilet. (laughs) Excuse me. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap this one up for the day. Um, If you guys liked this episode, um, like I mentioned last week, I have been putting a little questionnaire on just Spotify. Right? Mm -hmm. It's only Spotify. I do it on Anchor. Yeah, Anchor's part of Spotify. Okay. So if you listen on... Spotify or Anchor, I'm assuming. Yeah. You can um, just let us know whether you like the episode or not. So get on there. Do that. Um, I mean, you could let us know in other places if you like the episode. Right, right, right. You can let us know if you listen on... Um, Apple Podcasts? Well, but you can rate on Spotify, too. You can a rate on Spotify. Rating. You can leave a review. Rating and review on Apple. You can let us know on Facebook, yep. on Twitter. On, and we're not really active on Twitter anymore. It's a dead space. It's a, it's a, it's a dead social Move media. Dumpster fire. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're on all popular social media. Next on Twitter. Um, and you should check out our other podcasts in our little family here. We've got on on Monday. We have who do we have, Alicia? You on, tell me who do we have on Monday? Mm-hmm. We've got the Call Guys. You're right. The Call Guys are on Mondays. They're great. You'll love them. 
hilarious. They talk about everything pop culture. They talk about TV shows. everything so you don't have to. Yeah, <laughs> you can just listen and shut your pie hole. On um, Tuesday. Tuesdays, we have Golden Image Radio Pod. Nope, Golden Image Podcast. And Golden Image Radio every other week. The vintage episodes, yes. Um, so, yeah, if you want to listen about local businesses and how they are doing and tasting. Yummy. Yeah, go go have a listen. Uh, they go do things so that you'll want to go do things. Mm-hmm. Um, Wednesday, we have the United States of Paranormal. Um, I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. All things paranormal across the United States. They research spooky stuff so you don't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sometimes we... Stamp stamp that passport and go to other countries. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Um, and then Thursday is our newest little baby, um, Indiana Chiefs fans. So if you are a Chiefs fan and or you just live in Indiana, you should check it out. <laughs> they yell at the football team so you don't have to. Oh. Yeah, they talk about all the stuff in the balls Mm -hmm. and the foots Mm -hmm. with the Chiefs. (laughs) And then Friday is us. So you're obviously already here listening, so we don't have to tell you anything about that. Hmm. Murderers at gmail.com. Send your complaints. (laughs) Yeah. No, let us know how we're doing. Yeah, let us know. Let us know episodes you like on all the things. Go on every single one, and you can write the exact same message. Just do that. It's fine. Um, If you would like to support the podcast monetarily, you can pledge a monthly donation of $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99 just to help us uh, keep the wheels greased up, you know? Got to keep things moving. Money money makes the world go round. It's true. (laughs) And we don't make much money off of this so we make exactly zero dollars <laughs> i'm trying to sound modest without um, sounding like... but if you donate you can help supply mints for oh yeah this, oh, oh my gosh know. there's only two left honestly i wouldn't be super sad if we ran out what, of mints because she chews them straight into the microphone <laughs> those mints that i love so much are they discontinuing them i don't know but you can't find those in the big bag in the store anymore are you serious my mom has a big bag mm-hmm. she, she eats them by the i do i take handfuls and put them in my bag <laughs> I, I had to buy one. i had to buy several small bags just to get me through it's bullshit oh my god in this economy <laughs> no mints. <laughs> oh well that's all i want to say so <laughs> That's all, folks. Sorry. Did you hear my stomach? <laughs> Yours and Jeremy's stomachs are just talking to each other like a pair of Furbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I resent that. I'm a gremlin, not a Furby. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, you want to talk us off? All right. I'll talk you off right now. <laughs> I'll talk you off real good. <laughs> Nice and slow. <laughs> Poor Jeremy. <laughs> Whatever. If you, if you haven't been told today, we care about you. We love you. 
and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.